0: This is making finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Making Finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis.
1: Hello everyone, Uh, Paul Cochran here with Providence Advisors Group, Making Finances Easier. If you want to contact us, 865-770-5031, or you can follow this link to our website, makingfinanceseasier.com. Garrett, good morning to you. Good morning, we're back. Yes and uh trivia question for you so now that the weather has changed what is something you enjoy doing outside uh
2: well i don't know if i i enjoy i guess you enjoy, i enjoy it but uh this past weekend was easter weekend and uh I made a little little list of honeydew projects that I've been meaning to get around. And I think our motivation in the winter with clouds and wet and cold, you know, people just like to be outside doing something. And, uh, you know, I was pretty proud of myself on Friday, I guess, uh, when my weekend started on Good Friday. I just made a little list of things I'd been putting off. And I, it seemed like a little bit of an ambitious list. I had some exercise routines and I had some stuff around the house and I needed to uh, burn some brush and, you know, do various things uh but it was it was a full weekend like i had something to do like every part of the friday saturday sunday and i had a couple uh errands i even got in on monday uh And uh, so I guess my my point in all that is it was nice to be outside, pleasant weather, even this morning, walking into the office at 52, 53 degrees and sunny. Those are the spring days we live for in East Tennessee. Uh, So I kind of wish it would stay like this year round, but I enjoy the seasons too. So I guess uh, there's just that renewed energy and uh, leaves life blooming and you just kind of get an extra little spunk. Uh, My wife, Eva, we joke that winter is her least favorite time of the year. She just can't do as much as she wants to outside. And I walked home, well, I think I walked in from the office last week, and she's, it was a beautiful day, and she just, you know, put her hands out and said, I'm recharging. <laughs> uh, and I thought that was a, a great image for, for Eva, that she really does come alive in the in the spring and summers in the winter, <laughs> it kind of
1: retreats like a barren hibernation. And this coming uh, Monday, she runs the Bo- Boston Marathon, right?
2: Yeah, so we're going to go up there uh for a couple of days. If you've been a long-time listener, I uh told stories of when she qualified last year and I think it was February of 2022 and that was quite the goal but uh this weekend hopefully will be more of a celebration than a grind uh for her to get through that course so she uh I think the race is on Monday and somehow I've got to navigate downtown Boston and the and the subways and the rail systems on what they say is the busiest day Mm -hmm. in Boston all year Mm -hmm. uh so I told my wife I said Mm -hmm. don't expect to see me Uh, I don't even know if I'll see they have the uh, the end all closed down so you can't really even get there uh but we're just crossing fingers for good weather and that she can finish the finish line and not need an iv or something uh, at the very end so we're gonna try to make a fun fun couple days out of it
1: very good well yesterday um you know the march inflation numbers were released and February's was six percent, and March came in at five percent, and we're still a ways away from you know the Fed's goal of a of a two percent um, uh, kind of range there that they're after. But uh, I don't know what was your uh, what were your thoughts when you when you heard that news?
2: Uh, I think the term that. People are going to see this week that uh, people are going to catch on to maybe a little bit more is the term disinflation. Uh, so, I think a lot of people remember in the or at least have heard about in the depression. You know, there were deflation issues. So, instead of prices going up, prices were going down. And deflation over the you know a long period of time is no bueno. That's that's not the answer mm-hmm. uh, to our inflation mm-hmm. problem. Is long term mm-hmm. deflation. Mm-hmm. Inflation is what we've been experiencing for the past couple of years since mm-hmm. uh, 2020, where prices are going up faster. We, we show up at the grocery store, and the stuff that cost us 10 or $15 at Costco now jumps mm-hmm. up to $21, and you multiply that across your grocery cart, and it's like, boy, mm-hmm. Um I got to give up something if I'm going to be able to, you know, keep food on the table the way I'm used to. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the term I thought was just interesting was disinflation. Uh, I saw it in a bunch of headlines this morning. And so disinflation is when prices are still going up, but at a slower rate. Uh, So we are in a period of Disinflation, meaning that the the Fed's target is two percent. That's where mm-hmm. we kind of were before I think twenty twenty hit, and uh, but we're still above that. So it's it's kind of good news that we're not at the six and seven and eight percent that we've seen, but we're still a little high. But mm-hmm. I thought that term disinflation was interesting. That uh, we still got it going on, but it's just a it's a slower rate. And I think uh, uh, hopefully maybe we've seen the peak. And so if we kind of keep this trajectory going uh, and maybe we won't hit 2% this year, but we're going in the right direction.
1: Yeah, well, I think, you know, one of the things that they are, it's counterintuitive, but one of the things they're hoping to see is more unemployment. Not that they're masochistic, that they want to just punish people, but they know that things are slowing down when companies are having to lay off people. Yeah. And so, um, so that brings me back to then the practical question for our listeners is, so what are the impacts of inflation and what practically can be done? Um, so uh, let me just kick it off. One, you know, the obvious issue is that my dollars don't go as far as they used to mm-hmm. you know, for obvious reasons. Prices are higher. And so one of, the, one of the basic, just fundamental things that people can do, and it's common, particularly uh, for people over 60, um, to have probably more uh, cash in the bank than maybe they should. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things, one of the practical things that they can do is to gradually shift money out of cash into into places that uh are now able to earn money but they're still safe they're still mm-hmm. very safe um would you agree with that yeah i think we've seen that over the past uh
2: six to eight months is that people that have i use the word lazy not in a derogatory term but they got other things on their their mind and their life and that's just not something that they think about that's or get around priority, to. Right. Uh, for, but for people that haven't been watching that and they're getting 0.1 uh, percent in their checking account and savings account, like me. <laughs> you know that's what my local bank uh, right. gives me. Right. Uh, but keeping too much in that account, uh, there's some there's some ways you can uh, beef that up significantly uh, to the three and four and maybe even sometimes five percent range.
1: Yeah, people often ask uh, uh, me anyway. Well, how much should I keep? You know, in my in my bank account.
2: And, and you give them the same answer regardless of
1: their situation, right? <laughs> well, the, the the actual answer that I give them is I try to tell them in advance, now don't ask me how much to keep in your bank yeah. account. Uh, and I, I say that tongue-in-cheek because every household is a little bit different. And ultimately, you know, having enough in there to – uh, you know, help you relax and sleep well is is you know perfectly legitimate. But what I want to push back on oftentimes is people think that that wow, it's it's uh it, it doesn't matter if I have a you know a ton of money uh, that's not earning any money. And um, and I, I I would just push back on that some just because particularly in this environment, you are going backwards uh, faster than you realize. And so, how much should I have? Well, it it, it depends, you know, if you ask Susie Orman or Dave Ramsey, some of these uh, kind of uh, budgeting and financial uh, kind of uh, retail financial gurus, they're gonna say, you know, have at least three to six months of expenses in an emergency account and then have, uh, you know, a little buffer, you know, there in a checking account and so for a lot of people, that means that, you know, you get past 30 to 50,000 in, in just the bank earning nothing, uh, you're, uh, you're putting yourself in a position where you're leaving a lot of money on the table. And so if somebody says, well, listen, I need to have 100,000 just totally liquid, well, then my counsel would be, well, at least... Uh, you know, have a certain amount in the bank. But then there are other uh, tools that we can use where it's completely liquid. We can get to it. We can have it back in their checking account in three business days. But even our stable value fund and some of these places where they can earn four times what they're earning in the bank and still have liquidity.
2: Yeah, and I was just thinking, uh, I'm thinking of a few client profiles in my head. But, uh, you know, like you said, there is no... One size fits all solution for how much money to keep in the bank, but uh, you know if you're a business owner with a whole bunch of employees and you've got a payroll to keep, mm. uh, that number that you've got to keep liquid, safe, earning mm. nothing, uh, you know, mm. it could be fifty thousand, it could be five hundred thousand, mm. uh, and you know it can go up even further with however however many employees you have. So mm. I, I think about the business owner. And uh, when they hear three to six months worth of expense, that's not what you need to be mm. <laughs> uh, thinking mm. about when you think about cash on hand. You've got uh, more complexity going mm-hmm. on than than some simple rule of thumb that mm-hmm. could be applied to a retiree versus you uh, building a business. But uh, sometimes I even think with business owners, though they're they're so concerned about payroll that. It's just easier to throw it all in the bank. and But there, there probably is some number that they could be earning additional money on without getting zero. But then I'm also thinking about we've had a client in the past before, and their main priority was to keep as little in their bank account as possible. And it was a constant source of tension and stress. And uh, it was like, you know, i got a bill coming up for $1,000. I need to get some money in my account. You know, that's probably living life. Too, too on the edge. At least for us, uh, but for them, they were so concerned about even the pennies uh, mm-hmm. that that was uh, that was uh, an issue for them. But I think uh, for for a lot of people, it's it's just depending on what you're doing. What do you what do you have going out of the bank account? What's coming in? But let let's not keep an undue amount of money and cash, earning nothing. There's there are other options now in 2023.
1: Yeah. So uh, when you know one of the things that I would tell people like let's just touch on a couple practical things that they can do uh, to kind of uh, mitigate some of these inflation issues and one you know kind of obvious one is to make sure you're paying off your debt and so um, you know debt can be a you know a good thing every company every the you know, large company, every Fortune 500 company there is, has debt on the books. But, but you know, one of the things, a simplified way to look at it is leveraging debt is perfectly legitimate, but you need to really ask, well, if the news tightens, do I have the resources to pay off that debt? And if you do, if you're just using that debt to leverage opportunities, but you could go and and you could pay that off if you needed to, uh, I, I really, you know... Kind of applaud that type of debt if it's been used appropriately yeah, on the other yeah, hand real quick i to jump
2: in uh this is making finances easier with with garrett <laughs> i'll give an example here uh when 2020 hit in 2021 uh refinance rates went way down yes uh and so i was five years into a mortgage uh our, even i's first house and when 2020 hit I, you know it was like I ended up with a 2.625% 30-year mm. mortgage mm. refinance. And that is mm. unbelievable, mm. especially where we are now. Mm. And so I you know, I refinanced twice and got down to the 2.625%. And uh, so instead of – so for me, it was attractive as a 30-something yes. to take on 30 years' worth of mortgage at that low, especially now when savings rates are paying more than uh, – my mortgage interest, right. and so uh, you know, as a as an employee of a small business and doing this with you, it's like you don't want to take undue risk and have that debt lingering over you forever. But for me, instead of paying uh, that money into a a mortgage company and getting a fixed 2.625%. We've talked about this with clients. We have a lot of clients that do it. But you basically build this mortgage payoff fund. Mm. So that that money that you're saving on a monthly basis, mm. you can open up a joint individual just investment account. Mm-hmm. You can maybe take less risk on it than mm-hmm. you would with retirement funds. Mm-hmm. But you put it in this side investment account and you're building, you're building this mortgage payoff fund mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. side. Good. And then over time... Uh, you're kind of in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you accumulate enough to pay off that mortgage, Mm -hmm. you may find that you don't do that uh, in the future. But at least you have this pot of money that's growing over time in the market uh, that if the noose tightens, that's why you were doing it. You weren't investing it for retirement or something else. It was just a, a set-aside investment account to pay off that mortgage if the news tightens. Yeah, and great, so I, I like that example. idea for a lot of people that don't that
1: don't want to pay off a 3% mortgage. Great example. Uh, making finances easier, Eight six five seven seven zero five zero three one. 770 If any of these things that we're touching on um, kind of get your attention uh let us know we'd be glad to talk to them with you
2: i'll ask the next question uh so we're talking about uh inflation we have for a long time a lot of these radio shows we have but we hopefully we've seen this peak and we're on the other side and so uh let's say paul we are getting over that hump inflation is lessening maybe we're hopeful that that we, may, that we may have gotten past this issue or at least we're on our way there. Uh, what does that mean for the investor, the stock market investor looking forward? Uh, is everything rosy <laughs> in the future? Or are we just set to, is the market set to take off or uh, are there other things on the horizon that we should be concerned about that are more important than uh, than inflation?
1: Well, you know, one of the things um, that i recommend people do is now is a really good time to get some analysis done on your portfolio and if you're out there and you'd like a second opinion you know we'd be glad to you know do that for you 865-770-5031 because, for example, let's say I own something I had just have been ignoring my portfolio, and I've got some things in there that are at a significant loss, for example. Well, it might be a good time to harvest those losses. Um, maybe you can share a little bit about, um, if I take a loss, how does that affect my tax return uh, the following year? Uh, it may or may not,
2: uh, depending on your gains for that year. But if you have more losses from 2021, uh, sometimes you aren't able to use all those up. And you uh, you get to carry over any short-term or long-term losses to use in the future against your uh, capital gains that are positive this year. So for a lot, of, a lot of clients in 2022, it was a rough year, and they had more losses in their non-retirement accounts like a joint or an individual account and uh, let's say they had thirty thousand dollars worth of carryover losses Uh, this year if the market rebounds and goes on a tear and they have thirty thousand dollars of capital gains positive you can use some of those long-term losses from a previous year against this year so it I, I tell clients, you know, it, it's a little nuanced, it's a little complicated, but investing in a non retirement account like a joint account over time seems to work out okay because of the carryover losses. See in twenty twenty one we had some clients with some capital gain, uh, more more capital gains than they expected, but then the following year there were some losses, but over time that kind of evens out. You're able to, to use those losses against the gains.
1: Great. And and so um this is where, it's one of those seasons where I've probably appreciated our investment team uh, as much as ever, because they're really looking at the, the various issues out there, the corporate earnings, you know, these inflation numbers we're talking about, interest rates, the GDP growth rate, the strength of the dollar, the, the various news uh you know the, you know the recently the banks and were grabbing headlines and moving markets a little bit. So they're looking at all those factors, and then allocating to stocks and companies that can weather that storm well. In fact, one of the portfolios that's it's uh, has a you know a degree of uh, volatility, no question. But uh, you know, remember I know we've talked about it in our show before. In uh, 2020, we started that uh, contrarian portfolio, where we, uh, you know, would find companies that were just on sale. Man, they were depressed. They were down, but they weren't companies that were going out of business, and so grabbing those companies and some people like why would you buy that when it's down well because because it's gonna go up and um and so that's been able to uh kill it so for people who can stomach some volatility that type of of an avenue could be you know real positive as soon as inflation recedes
2: there will be something else maybe russia comes back as a leading head there will be something that happens that news companies and media companies will put out there to keep our eyeballs on the headlines and and instill fear. And I think as investors, we have to remember, we just went through all those headlines and yet uh, clients are are up significantly through all of those issues. And so it was kind of funny, maybe I could end on this, but there was a big conference in our space, uh, I think it was a few weeks ago, it's called T3. Mm -hmm. And at the T3 conference, it's actually like a conference for mm-hmm. advisors like us where they mm-hmm. kind of all the vendors come out and they try to woo advisors to use their technology product and one of the headlines this year i'm sure listeners this show don't care if you know flip about it but was artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and uh, how they're going to integrate artificial mm-hmm. intelligence into tech solutions but the point was uh, there was a of a famous talking head in our industry His name is named daniel crosby and he's a kind of psychologist by nature financial niche but what he was saying was uh that financial uh, you know, that artificial intelligence can't uh can't connect with a client mm-hmm. uh you can't trust it it may be right it may not be but it's going to be hard to mm-hmm. i think it's going to be hard for that to ever take off in what we do but uh my point is uh, he said, the behavioral coaching of mm. working with a financial mm. advisor mm. through all of these mm. headlines, mm. He, he he put a number on it at 2.42% mm. uh, mm. alpha benefit to a client. So wow. we don't have a lot of that. Maybe we can cover that in another uh, podcast or another radio show, but my point is... Uh, Staying the course, <laughs> investing risk appropriate is the way to go. Keep your heads out of the headlines and and stick with the plan. And you know, I think we can do that in a period of disinflation or whatever comes next.
1: So if I had a million dollars, that's uh, two thousand a month. You know, that's that's twenty four grand a year yeah. just from uh, getting help from an advisor. I think having a sounding board. <laughs> yeah, eight six five seven seven zero five zero three one. We'll see you in a bit.
0: Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online. At makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC, Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management. LLC are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for information,